got one man up and Jonathan Joseph comes straight through the middle. Got Mike Brown to beat at the last line of defence and here goes Joseph. Joseph's going to get over. Watson goes on the outside. Oh, Watson goes Hello and welcome to a slightly delayed version of the Bath Rugby Plug podcast. The rugby podcast by the fans, for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black and white. My name is Gabriel and I'm joined as ever by my good friend and fellow Bath fan, Tom. Hello mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, Feels a bit strange doing a podcast a bit later in the week when we know something about uh, the teams and uh, what's going to happen this weekend and... uh... But yeah, been a good week. How so about you? So you're saying it might give us more of an idea of of what's going to happen in the game? Well, you'd hope so. I mean, I've been horribly wrong on every single prediction I've made <laughs> this season so far, including um, the Ulster game, which I thought um, I thought we'd we'd bring home. So uh, uh, probably won't help on that front. But uh, looking forward to the game all the same. Yep. So a little peel behind the curtain this week. Um, slightly too hungover to record on either Sunday or Monday, uh, to say the least. So thought we'd leave it to Friday to give ourselves enough time to recover and also so that we knew the teams and that we could focus more on the upcoming Harlequins game. We are going to look back at the Ulster game briefly, um, but mainly focus this week on a preview of Bart's key Champions Cup game against Harlequins. Now, I've set Tom's instructing me to set the timer to half an hour. Um, you listening to this will obviously know if I kept to that, strangely enough, but um, that's our goal, so uh, let's get into it, and Tom, pretty uh, confident heading into the Ulster game, um, and, and even more confident after the, the, the team selection. Yeah, exactly, I just felt we had um, the edge, particularly up front, as we, as we discussed uh, last week now, um, and I also sort of backed our home record, I think the, the crowd's certainly been sort of behind us, or, or behind the team over, over the last few weeks, um, and yeah, I was, I was confident going in, I think looking back at the game, um, we certainly have had our opportunities. I know Stuart Hooper, um, sort of in the post-match interview, was sort of incredibly disappointed that we gave ourselves a good platform with the lion's share, sort of around about seventy percent of both possession and territory during the game. We played most of the rugby, and it just felt that you know a couple of mistakes mm. um, and also a couple, to be honest, of quite lucky um, Ulster breakaway tries were the difference in the end. And I think if we'd managed to convert a couple of the opportunities and kind of stop those um, those two Ulster tries as well, it could have been um, it could have been a very very different result. Because I think, to be honest, apart from those two things, the performance was was pretty much there. Yeah, I'd agree. And I'd just just to go back to sort of the the team selection, another prediction that we both got wrong in saying that we can't imagine seeing these England boys back before Christmas. Well, Christmas certainly came early for for the Bath fans in that respect, given. Um, Underhill, JJ and Rory all back into that starting team and that, that's absolutely it. I, I thought the performance was there in general but as you say the, the breakaway Cooney try in, in the first half is an absolute killer given how well we've started and then that try when um, they kick through and, and McConaughey's down two tries which are sort of out of nothing really whereas we've created you know two of our own tries it's just so disappointing. Yeah, very, very scrappy try indeed, as you say. And, you know, that's the sort sorry, of thing. One of our own tries, sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's, try, that's yeah. the sort of things the Ulster tries where you look back and you think it's not an individual um, player's mistake necessarily, particularly you know, with McConaughey being down and also sort of taking advantage of that. It's not a system error either. So it, it is just one of those things. But, you know, we know with European rugby, it's very tight come qualification time. And Ulster will be absolutely buzzing to, to get that win. And now we know that realistically we need to get on the road and mm. beat them um, uh, away um, at, uh, not Ravenhill, what is it now? At, um, 
Yeah, right. Um, is it not at, at, Kingspan? Nah, at Kingspan, the Kingspan. Yeah, at the Kingspan. Um, if we've really got a, a chance of making it any further in the competition. You say that sort of European rugby comes down to those fine margins, and I, I completely agree with that. And do you think that there was an element of European experience and European now, which which got um, Ulster over the line ahead of Bath and Bath, maybe slightly more Europeanly inexperienced side. I don't know. I think there was certainly more of a mentality from the Ulster side that they were going to scrap for every little thing they got. Mm. It did feel like sort of every 50-50 ball, every sort of well, the key um, one especially. Yeah, exactly. And every sort of decision would kind of go their way, as it were. And I think that you know it's partly down to them being slightly fortunate on the day, but I do think there's an element of potentially they were slightly um, better equipped mentally for yeah. the day. Um, you know, that said, I, you know, we, we're really not far off. And I came away from the game disappointed. But if you compare this to sort of this time last season, I do feel a lot more optimistic about our prospects going mm. forward. We're a younger side. Um, we seem to be kind of improving week on week. I thought um, our attacking game was much better in part, particularly... Mm. Um, with Freddie Burns, who I thought has as well and truly sort of justified his uh, his call up to the ten shirt for yeah. for this weekend's game. So uh, yeah, it kind of mixed emotions coming out of it, and um, you know we always knew that this group and, and qualifying out of Europe was going to be was going to be a tough task, and it's definitely going to prove prove to be now. But you know there's still an opportunity, and mm. it's pretty clear that Stuart Hooper, um, who as I say was very disappointed and called for sort of um, you know. Uh, us to convert basically our chances into points going forward it's clear that he's really still got an eye on on qualifying for Europe but he's obviously fully aware that this Quinns game is an absolutely must win game Mm. um, and that's reflected in his selection for this weekend yeah I think the the benefit of having that other English team in our group is the fact that that away fixture if it was another French side and our another Irish side or a Scottish side it would be it would look a lot harder whereas I think going away to Quinns doesn't seem quite the uphill task if we can get the win there and then beat them at home we'll come on to that a bit later one area I do feel that I thought we were going to get the edge was in the front five particularly given how dominant we were the previous week against Northampton Saints but it seemed to me Tom that that didn't seem to be the case have you sort of got any front row insight as to why that might be were you impressed particularly with, with the Ulster front three, or do you just think it was just you know a, an area where we didn't get the upper hand, but it was just sort of even? Yeah, it was certainly a quieter day um, at scrum time when you mm-hmm. compare it to, to the Quinns games. You know, Jack, Jack McGrath on the loose head side um, is a Lions, uh, you know, a Lions and Ireland international, so quality operator. I thought um, Benno, given what he showed last week, would sort of continue that form. That didn't really materialise, and you know, there can be various um, reasons for that. We certainly had parity at scrum time. I did think that um, the line-out didn't function as well as, as yeah. it did. There were sort of three or four opportunities where either we lost the ball um, or uh, sort of it didn't quite go cleanly um, down to the scrum half or, or, or whatever. So that was, I thought that was an area where, you know, we weren't, we weren't quite as good on the day, but you, mm. you're going to get that. And I thought in general, we did pretty well. Um, uh, Sam Underhill, obviously coming back into the four, great to see, but I thought at times, um, he potentially looks a little bit, little bit tired. So, um, but these are all sort of small margins, as I say. And uh, you know, as I, I say, overall, I thought decent performance um, against, to be honest, a, a pretty good side. And we probably should have won it on the day. Yeah, I just think if one of those sort of fifty-fifty balls, their two tries, and then uh, the sort of Mercer incident at the end goes our way and we win, yeah, we look sure. on this game massively differently, and we say the front five game parity against an inexperienced front five from their part, and that allowed us to sort of 
create uh, a sort of grind out uh, a European victory. But ultimately, that sort of bounce of the ball didn't go our way. And before we sort of move on to that last minute um, or the 82nd minute incident so with Mercer, etc., just a quick word for, for, for young Gabe Hammerwell. Yeah. Firstly, a fantastic name. And secondly, a fantastic try. Um, slightly weak defence, but direct running and, and, and really strong for a 19-year-old, as we've mentioned. Yeah, and you know, he... Started or he played much of the game last week against Southampton after Rocco Laguni mm. um, went off. I think in the eighth minute with a, with an HIA and had to play that that full game. And I thought he looked, um, you know, he looked really on top of everything there. I said um, last week that last season Darren Atkins got a similar opportunity mm. to to start getting some um, some game time for the first fifteen, and, and the same's happened for for Gabe Hammer Webb. You know, as a result of injuries, players being away. Um, a certain Levi Doug, uh, Davis being on uh, Celebrity X Factor. Um, Which uh, you're going to come well, to a bit later. Well, you mentioned it's got to be a shorter pod. I had a 10 to 15 minute um, <laughs> review planned. But unfortunately... I, I uh, think the listeners will, will be more than happy Unfortunately, to... we're not going to have time to, to cover that. But he's one way or the other, he's got his opportunities. And, and look, you know, it was all over social media, that try um, after the game. And that will only do his profile and his confidence. Mm. The whole world are good. If you were to summarise Levi Davis's performance on... Celebrity X Factor in say thirty seconds. I, I'm sure people would be interested. Well, I just in one word because I did actually, um, you know, have a little read up on this because I knew you'd call me out on this again. And the one it's word in the, it's the, in the agenda. Well, as I say, the one word <laughs> description I would use for his performance was topless. Was it? Yes. Was and, it? Uh, oh. He looks. He looks pretty good. And uh, from what I uh, what I could uh, what I could tell, he, he they seem to be doing uh, pretty well. The three of them. So um, yeah, potentially won't be seeing him back in uh, a, a bath shirt or a shirt of any description <laughs> anytime soon. Um, right. Let's move on to sort of we've sort of skated around it, but the key moment at the end of the game. Um, firstly, a fantastic grab from from Zach Mercer and a, and a, a break to the line with with Rocco Laguna. He thought on his own outside into touchdown for a, for a winning try. But first and foremost, a fantastic play by by Jacob Stockdale. Yeah, it was good, and I think there's been a lot of chat about this moment. Um, ultimately, it was the it was the final pass of the game, which is a um, you know a, a difficult one to to take, and always sort of seems higher drama. Mm. Um, I think if that happens. Um, sort of in the middle of the game it sort of goes down as another missed opportunity um, the only thing I, I would say and again good, good to sort of get get your views on this because it's been going around a lot on social media is there are arguably two um, you know questionable tackles in that in that exchange the first one is um, on Chris Cook who um, was on the wing I think and got the ball away to Zach Mercer as you say um, to, to make the break and the second was on was on Zach Mercer mm. by um, scrum half um, John Cooney and for me the the Cooney one is is, is probably the the more questionable one. he doesn't really make any attempt um, to to wrap the arms there at all ultimately as we'll say, uh, mm. you know as we're going to talk about um, I think that was the in- instant where Zach Mercer looks to have have been injured uh, quite seriously but you know I think potentially because of Stockdale's brilliance as you say that the, the kind of the attention was detracted from that but looking back mm. now. Do you think something potentially could have come of that? Uh, no, I don't actually. I, I, I think it, I think it was okay. I, I think he's attempting to wrap the arms. Um, I think he just goes so low and therefore makes a sort of contact with Mercer's knee. And, and Mercer's knee sort of. I don't think it's really in the, in the tackle which Mercer's knee uh, sort of gets hurt. He sort of looks like he gets caught in the ground, um, and, and, and that's where all the problems come surrounding ACL injuries. So no, I don't. And I I think there's more to be said about the the Stockdale one on Cook before he sort of tracks back and makes that incredible play. But I think if that is a penalty, then we've gained sufficient advantage. So I don't think that sort of should then be called back for. So I think fine, great 
play by Stockdale. No blame whatsoever on Mercer. I mean, everyone in the ground thought just pass it to Rocco Laguni. It's just a fantastic defensive play from Stockdale. And unfortunately, one of those things which again went against us on the day. Yeah, I think I think we've been hard done by, to be honest. And I think, um, you know, we spoke about uh, letter of the law last week um, with the, oh, sorry, was it last week the red card? Phil Salonga, yeah, yeah. The red card. Yeah. And these things kind of need to be consistently. Um, uh, enforce and I think personally if as I say um, it wasn't in the last minute and it wasn't for the victory and all the players didn't start celebrating after given what Stockdale had done yeah. I think that gets called back and I'm not saying it's a red card but I'm saying it is at least a penalty and so it should apply at any stage during the game so disappointing but as you as you rightly say um, and, and as Stuart Hooper said at the end that's one moment in the game and we have plenty of other opportunities yeah. to, uh, to to win that game so um that was like, just just one other thing on this game before we move on, and I guess it will it will kind of um, it links into the game um, uh, uh, this weekend um, uh, as as well, and and that's just around the selection. So obviously we've been very very excited mm. um, around the the our international boys coming back, and you know seeing um, in particular Sam Underhill come back um, was a big surprise to me, given obviously what he's gone through physically um, in the World Cup. But apparently he was absolutely chomping at the bits, and they couldn't really hold him back at training. My question is, though, he obviously it's a very long season, as we said. It's just basically week on week rugby. Do you think it's potentially a little bit of a, um, a sort of a, a short term, uh, being a bit sort of short term, and that actually uh, we are taking a bit of a risk, um, uh, sort of given the intensity of the season, bringing these guys back so early? Yeah, I, I, I can't actually believe that they're sort of back how, as early as they are. I thought, as we said before, that it would be sort of around Christmas time. But as you say, they've obviously come back in, in into training, and, and and you can't keep them off the field. But I, it's not just Bath that are, are sort of doing this. You know, Saracens are the only team that are kind of kind of keeping their um, international players aside, and that's for slightly different reasons to to, to other ones, to to our ones. So. I don't know. I'm extremely surprised at it personally, and and going into this week as well. You know, Watson's back, and how much training has he done? Sort of, are we going to keep him fit? I I hope so, and I keep my fingers crossed. But um, yeah, I I, I dread to think that at the end of the season we'll look back at uh, kind of this period uh, and say what what sort of what were we doing? Yeah, and should we should we on that? Should we sort of come on? Yeah, to yeah. Well, the... I just just quickly before yeah, we um, so, sort of where does this and this will hopefully transition us nicely into to the Quins game. Sort of, where does this leave us, Tom, in the pool, in in, in the in our Champions Cup pool? Obviously, a defeat at home is never ideal, but is there still hope? Yeah, I think so for sure. I mean, a couple of key things: we got the losing bonus point, which mm-hmm. which can be key, as as we said, yeah. um, coming down to the into the latter stages. Ulster only got the four points as well, so there's essentially mm-hmm. a three point um, margin there. Um, and Quinn's got sort of well beaten, um, and if we can sort of turn them over this weekend. Um, you'd think that you know they will be out of contention. So the answer is, yeah, we are still in contention. We we really do um, need to get um, uh, at least something, and preferably a win at the Kingspan, as you say. And then we need to um, look to be beating Quinns home and away. Um, and you know, if we can get anything home and away against against Clermont, then I think that will be a bonus. And if we do that, um, it, big if. But if we do that, then we're certainly in with um, in with the shot. And as I say, I think. That is reflected in in the selection for this weekend. Yeah. So it's a bit of a last gasp this at Europe, I think, because if we if we fall um, down tomorrow and, and lose to Quinns, mm-hmm. um, then I think it is over. Right. So that moves us nicely on, as I hope, to the Quinns game. But before we do, just a. a, a Something that we've been asking for, Tom, on this podcast for, for ever since we've been doing it now for for over a year is sort of 
injury reports and, and clarity surrounding uh, the, the the sort of players that are for, for Bath that are absent and, and why they are and how long they're going to be. Um, and Bath released a, a, an injury report uh, today, Friday, as we record. Now I'll ask you this: Is this clarity as to what? Um, what's going on with the players. And I quote, Joe Cock and Asiga return from England's World Cup campaign with a knee injury that will result in him being unable to begin a competitive campaign for the club. Translate that for me. Yeah, it's very confusing. I think it's probably been written by the, the same people who wrote the open letter to, to the supporters <laughs> last season. It, it, yeah, it's very strangely worded. And I think, you know, you could interpret that in, in two ways. First of all, it's just it's just simply poor communication, sort of media media speak. Or secondly, and, and sort of the more cynical view, is that they are potentially um, kind of softening us up for some really bad news that's on the horizon. Mm, wow. I think the second bit that they that they mention, as you say, in that report around them bringing in specialists to see um, Thokken Asiga, but also, I think, um, to see the other two guys um, who have uh, knee injuries, Zach Mercer and Henry Thomas, who we know will be out for the whole season. That, to me, is is, is pretty concerning. Mm. Um, and as I say, it will be, it'll be, you know, and I'm sure they will let us know, but it'd be really nice to know as a Bath fan um, you know, Cock and hardly played in the World Cup, and mm. now is he is he sort of out for the rest of the season? You know, a lot of our hopes kind of pinned on um, on 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 him and on um, the other two there. So um, yeah, slightly more clarity, I would say. But um, and and I don't imagine that it is season ending. If I had to take a, a guess, having read it through, but um, yeah, quite a strange one. I think. Yeah, it's just like it, the reason that you would sort of release a report like that for, for me is to provide clarity. To the supporters, and someone's read that back and thought, "Yeah, I'm sanctioning that. That 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 provides clarity." And I just don't understand that. For me, it just raises many more questions. I was quite happy thinking that that Thokkenasiga was sort of coming back from maybe with a slight niggle, but if he has got a serious injury, tell us that. Don't sort of well, as you said, the more cynical view, which is the view that I sort of have held, is that they're they're, they're sort of hiding something around Joe. And and as you say, the the news around Mercer, I mean, um, Henry Thomas, we kind of knew, but the news around Mercer is extremely worrying, um, especially given we're sort of not really clear about when Falatau's going to be back. Francois Lowe stepping in, probably hung over Francois Lowe stepping in this weekend uh, against Harlequins to play number eight. Yeah, not a a bad replacement. No, not a bad replacement. um, As I've said to you before, I think if there was one player... Who, mm. who for me epitomises everything good about Bath is is Zach Mercer, and mm-hmm. he for me would be um, potential. Well, up right up there with the biggest losses um, mm. that we could sustain this season. If it's the whole season as well, um, I'd be so gutted for him because I just think he's on the precipice wow. now of making an impression um, for international um, honours. And and you know we saw the rise of Sam Simmons for Exeter Chiefs, who then had a whole season out, and what that did to his um, his progress that he yeah. made. So I'd hate for that to. Um, that to be the 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 case of Zach Mercer. So all my all my fingers crossed for him. And Jack Willis, of course, another one, sort of yeah. young back rower, so a similar injury. Hopefully not as bad for Zach Mercer, but as we say, we wait with bated breath. Right, move on then. Finally, to the Quinns game um, this Saturday uh, at the uh, at the uh, Twickenham Stoop, Tom, and it's turned into a, a Toby Booth revenge game out of nowhere. What were your thoughts? Um, on that uh, announcement, maybe not the announcement, but sort of the timing of the announcement was particularly interesting. Uh, from oh, I don't know. I, I don't read too much into it. I'm being quite cynical yeah. today. I feel. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not really surprised. He's a top quality yeah. coach. Um, everyone you you speak to at, at all the clubs he's been involved in um, speak very highly of him. Tom Dunn last season, for yeah. example, couldn't speak um, more highly of Toby Booth. So glad that he's got 
um, you know, top coaching job supporting um, a Premiership side again. Um, I, I read an article about his appointment, and it was said he'd been he'd been brought in sort of um, to specialise in in the line out there. So um, uh, I don't know if that would have factored into the fact that Tom Dunn um, will be mm. will be starting on the bench, given that he, um, as, <laughs> uh, as we heard, taught him all he knew um, in his transition across from from prop to hooker. So great um, for for Toby Booth and um, and great for Quinns, but um, hopefully. Um, as I say, it won't. Um, none of his, none of his expertise will have had time to bed in by by tomorrow. Yeah, fingers crossed. Right now, then the team selection and um, Anthony's back out of nowhere. This is a sort of situation. Where was he? Because he was a, in. Well, this is a sort of situation that I've been tracking uh, reasonably closely. Um, yeah, I've had like daily messages from uh, <laughs> from you uh, tracking where he is in the world. Just where to was let you he know. in the US? So he's. Um, so I think he's gone from. This is going to sound extremely creepy, but I think he's gone from from Tokyo to Toronto um, with Carl Sinclair and Ellis Genge. Yeah. So it does, you know, if you go that way around the world, sort of the other way, I guess it's not that far, um, but I don't know. It seems to be, um, you know, for for a little break, and then he was in the he was in London on Friday, so today or no on Thursday yesterday, um, at a, a, an NFL UK event. Meeting uh, NFL legend Jerry Rice, so I sort of snapped. I sort of took a snap of that and sent it to you and said, "Oh, we can't expect Anthony back. You know, certainly not this week, and probably not for a couple of weeks." And then he's straight back in at, at, at fifteen. Tom, I mean, I'm not going to complain because I absolutely love watching Anthony Watson, but um, just how much time he spent with the boys, uh, I don't know. And I think if anyone's going to know, I've, I've sort of tracked it quite closely. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely been done on a case by case basis. If um, you know, as we said last week, if Anthony Watson just wanted a little bit of time out of rugby, um, a chance to go on holiday, relax for a bit, as I say, he's obviously um, uh, you know a real kind of NFL enthusiast, so that would have helped him relax mm. and kind of take his mind off rugby. And now he's probably just come in and hopefully that was on Thursday. But yeah, yeah, it, it does seem surprising. Um, I, I must say, but I do think you know any player of his caliber can come um, straight back in and fit into mm. um, fit into any side and hopefully he'll have um, he'll have picked up a few things from his uh, time speaking to the to the NFL guys as well and uh, uh, he can um, be as potent as usual from from fullback but yeah surprising again and it's kind of why I raised raised the question um, we've been made to look mugs repeatedly over the last <laughs> few weeks when we've said that we're not expecting to see England boys back for some time and now they're basically um, with accepting the injured injured guys um, all back in, so uh, yeah, again, looking at the long term, I do have concerns, but that back line for tomorrow is mm. absolutely electric, and mm. um, it really is electric's the exact word I've got written down. That especially that back three of of Rory McConaughey, uh, Joe, uh, sorry, Semesa Rockadaguni, and Anthony Watson. A couple of other points that I just pick out from from the team selection, Tom is. Burns and Cook in at half-back, I think, reward for, for good performances over the season. Yep. Particularly Burns, we've been calling for it. Maybe belatedly, a lot of people on Twitter have been calling it for, for, for a little while now. And also rotation of the front row, probably needed. Um, we need, As we said, we need to keep these boys fit. So, And something you're keen with, with the three. And three. Correct, yeah. Keeping yeah. them as a unit is definitely, um, I think, definitely um, sort of helps them out. Helps them with the cohesion. Um, I, I think I'm, I'm happy, very happy to see that. Um, the other thing is Max Wright um, mm-hmm. preferred over Jamie Roberts, interesting enough in that in that twelve shirt. Um, so uh, hopefully he um, he goes well because for me this is pretty much getting to to our strongest back line mm. that we've got. I think it'll be interesting to see how Cook and uh, Burns mm. gel together. Yeah, um, if we can obviously get get front football, um, uh, Chris Cook I would say is obviously a quicker 
um, nine in terms of service out to the backs than, than Will yeah. Chudley. So I think that's that's the rationale for the selection there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously Freddie Burns much more of a playmaker. So kind of same um, allow um, those those boys to um, sort of get in some space on on the outside. So um, incredibly exciting. Um, and uh, you know, again looking down the team sheet, mm, so, pick, and, pick out a matchup, pick up a matchup then. Um, Shall I go? Yeah, go on. I'll have a look at um, Marla uh, against Christian Judge. Uh, Marla straight back in um, to, to, to to Harlequins. Obviously, massive role for England in that World Cup. And Christian Judge, a guy we haven't really seen a, a great deal of at this point. Will Stewart really been the standout of those props, of those three props to come in. But Christian Judge, another guy who, who was spoken of extremely highly before he came in. So that battle on our tight head there, loose head side, the cornerstone of, of both packs is, is, is fascinating. I'm surprised I'm picking that one out. Yeah, well, I'm surprised to be picking this one out. Freddie Burns um, against Marcus Smith. Uh, Marcus Smith obviously came into the forum was was fantastic for a season. Um, I think gone off the boil slightly, it's fair to say. Um, probably likewise with Freddie Burns has been quite up and down as well. So I think whoever can um, uh, you know uh, get their backs going and and, and marshal their troops better um, will will ultimately probably end up on mm-hmm. on the on the right side. The only other point is just the balance of the back row is quite interesting. Mm-hmm. So Elliot Stuke um, starting at six mm-hmm. um, obviously hasn't been able to get in that first choice. Um, front row, so he'll be absolutely itching to to get a start, and then Josh Bayliss um, and Francois Lowe. Um, for me, that is a very dangerous and potent um, uh, combination at the breakdown. Probably the two best jacklers I would say got. that we've got. Mm, so agree. that I think is an area that we'll be looking to target against. You know what is a pretty inexperienced back row for Quinns with with Will Evans and, and Tom Lorde. Um, at, at, at seven and eight, both kind of young guys. Yeah, Robshaw against Bayliss was another sort of matchup I I picked out. I know it's six against seven, but that battle of the breakdown, absolute key. And Bayliss is going to be massively helped out by the experience of of Francois Lowe, Tom. Um, and then another one for me is just Anthony Watson, who we've spoken a lot about against it's the old against, the old against, head. Yeah, the old Mike head Brown. of Mike Brown. So um, yeah, really looking forward to this. There's matchups all over all over the park, and yeah, really looking forward to. It. And a shout out, sorry, just before we move on from from the back row discussion. Um, Matt Garvey back on the bench yes. uh, a lot of hard work gone into that team selection uh, from his point of view a lot of rehab a lot of setbacks so uh, yeah really well done to, to, to Matt Garvey and um, hopefully gets on and, and, and has an impact and his leadership yeah. potentially at the end will, will be massive Tom um, so where's this game going to be won or lost finally um, as I check my time at 26 minutes well it's, it's going to come down to conditions I really and, and I haven't actually thought uh, that far ahead to have a look what the weather's going to be like in London this weekend but you know I think the the plan this week will to be to get parity or, or better at, at you know in the front row but I think the emphasis um, is going to shift um, to, to sort of trying to score points try and uh, sort of uh, you know put tries on the ball and Hugh Walker got in touch with us on Twitter and I couldn't agree more with um, you know some of the points he's been making and that's that with the guys out that we've we've had and that are now back um, we have shifted to sort of a more of a forward-oriented game, and that's been pretty clear um, in um, you know some of the decisions we've made. You know, Charlie Yule's opting for the scrum at penalties. Mm-hmm. He's obviously really, we've really sort of gone into the game fancying that area. Now I think the selection of Cook, the selection of Burns, mm. um, is pretty telling in that change of strategy. We know that we're sort of confident and 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 you know. Um, well developed in, in terms of our, our set piece game, and now it's just adding the, mm. the the finishing touches to that to that dominance. So for me, this is a massively exciting game, 
and you know potentially against um, a relatively weak Quinn side who a aren't in particularly good form and b have got a lot of guys missing. I mean, just to name a few of the big names: Jack Clifford, Alex Dombrant, Carl Sinclair, Nathan Earl, Ben Tapuai, obviously formerly of Bath, Aaron Morris, Joe Marchant, Francis Saeli. Big names missing. I think this is an opportunity for us to make our mark. You know, if we can, um, you know, put a bit of a score on Quinns and, and make a bit of a statement, for me, that starts to set the tone, A, in terms of the, the form we've got with nearly a, a full strong mm. team out on B, hopefully we can get our away records um, or our away form, um, at least, uh, you know, uh, at, at least sort of a win on the road, as it were. Yeah, oh, it's making me excited just you talking about it there. And it's a it's a 5.15 kickoff as well, so I can watch it after I've uh, played rugby as well. So even better. Uh, for me, Tom, as you say, that the halfback is where this is going, is going to be won or lost. And can our halfbacks release that um, that potency out wide? That's going to be the key. That halfback pairing's not played much rugby together this season or in the last couple of seasons. So if they can gel and if they can get the ball wide into the hands of these guys, then um, hopefully that's the key. That's the sort of key to victory. Also, another key to victory for me is the replacements um, and our, our, our replacement bench, particularly our front row replacement bench. You know, we've got the three big guys in Dunn, Benno, and Stewart on the bench compared to their maybe slightly less experienced front row replacements and less experienced bench in um, in general. Um, we've got guys like Chudley, Priest, and Roberts coming off the bench and Garvey, as well. Slow and Garvey. Guys. So yeah. I just think that's an area. If we can keep it, if we can keep it tight, and then all that experience coming off the bench, I think that's the get. Uh, that's sort of the game plan as to where this game is going to be won or lost. And if I say it like that, God, it sounds so easy. But on Saturday at, at seven o'clock, I bet it doesn't feel that easy. <laughs> Um, right, that just about does us, Tom. I think that's sort of a, a whistle-stop tour of the last sort of week in, in, in the world of blue, black, and white. Um, do let us know if you sort of are enjoying this slightly shorter preview podcast on a Friday, or if you prefer us um, on a Monday with a slightly longer review of the previous game. Because um, we're sort of keen to sort of get to know what you guys prefer, and we'll sort of tailor ourselves uh, as best as we can around that. And it has nothing to do with how many <laughs> clients we have on a given weekend. Yeah, nothing to do with that. Um, the one final thing I have to bring up um, is that we're going on an away day, mate. Oh yeah. Um, so. Well, after you know what was an incredible weekend watching watching uh, rugby in France last weekend. Yeah, last weekend, last season, La- last season. Sorry, yeah. So um, I reckon I tweeted. I'm trying to find the tweet now, but I reckon I tweeted uh, when the groups were announced, um, which was probably three months ago, four mm. months ago. Time to start booking um, our trip to Clermont. Well, we booked it on Wednesday, so that just shows sort of how quickly stuff turns around um, for us two. But yeah, we are going to, to Clermont, uh, myself and Tom. Um, we're not on the Bath Rugby supporters trip, uh, but we are on the same flight that they're running out. Um, so if you guys are going, then uh, do get in touch with us. Um, it would be great to meet up with a pint or something uh, during the weekend. Um, unfortunately, we're, we're still sort of struggling to record this podcast Uh, in our own homes at the moment so there'll be no live podcast not for a little while Um, but yeah we'll be there Um, we'll be in great spirits so do get in touch with us if you're going Um, as I say it'd be great to meet up and book your flights you know it's it's not Mm. flights are still uh, you know not not too expensive at all and you can get across from from Toulouse um, relatively easily Um, and yeah it's one for the bucket list of European rugby isn't it the the Marcel Michelin I mean the, the atmosphere there looks um, looks absolutely incredible um, and, and you know who knows it might be um, it might be for uh, an opportunity to, to secure top of the group and uh, um, and, and uh, uh, head into the quarterfinals yeah if you do sort of want 
to know how exactly we got there. If you are interested in going but haven't booked it, we can sort of help you out with that. But do get in touch. If you are going, if you're interested in going, um, get in touch. And get in touch with all your thoughts, blue, black and white related, across social media. Um, thank you very much for, for tuning in again. Thank you for joining me, Tom. Um, enjoy the rugby on Saturday. Enjoy all the rugby this weekend. It's another fantastic weekend of rugby. And we'll be back very soon with another podcast. Thank you.